Aloha, and thank you for listening to the Arcade Report. My name is Tyler Vitito, and this episode should, by the grace of all that is holy, be short and sweet. The Arcade Report is focused on looking deeper under the surface of video game history and provides a broader perspective than what you would see from the title screen. Since 1958, when William Higginbotham made the prototype game that would lead to the copycat predecessor line to Pong, video games have been somewhat well documented. Sometimes. It's gone in a way that put the $200 billion industry in a limelight that was once reserved for the movie and music industry. Like all light cast, however, shadows often overlook the nooks and crannies of historical detail. And that's where the arcade report comes in. Like I said, my name is Tyler, and uh, I'm a mid-30s white male that was born and raised in Michigan, USA. Growing up embarrassingly poor, my first touch of grace with video games was through the back screen door of a friend's house in 1998, whose mother wouldn't let me in, but uh, tolerated me peeking through the mesh screen like an abandoned puppy dog. The game I saw on the TV was odd. Where I always heard and caught glimpses of pixels and 2D scrollers, my seven-year-old eyes witnessed 3D shapes and stereoscopic view. A little boy dressed in green was fighting monster plants with a sword, and a small ball of light danced around him like a doting mother. In a few minutes, I was able to drink in the sudden wealth of information, and I was piecing together what little info I could obtain and pad it into a frenzied imagination of a child. I was witnessing the video game world through The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. My brushes with games like these, financially out of reach of my fingers, led me to desire, obsess even, about what I didn't know with these video games. Who was this boy in green and what was he fighting for? He can jump to the side and even backwards, but why wasn't my friend jumping forward with him? I couldn't help myself asking a dozen questions that led to my swift eviction from the back porch, but a hungry flame has started and it will last. Well, to this very day. My first console was the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Came from a grad sale my father managed to snag for a terribly cheap price. I honestly feel god-awful <laughs> that he managed to get it for as cheap as he did. Uh, games that I remember coming in with it were the Super Mario All-Stars, Super Mario World, Kirby's Avalanche, and The Magical Quest, starring Mickey Mouse. It felt regressive knowing that my friends were a generation of video games ahead. But when you get Super Mario World on your TV, you don't complain. All four of these games were test subjects for me, uh, to delve and explore, where secrets waited to be plundered and dim-witted problem-solving came with the Pink Fluffs Match 4 game. Shout out to Kirby's Avalanche, beautiful game, love it. Yes, it might be a copycat of Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, but whatever. Soon added to that list was The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. And despite knowing that there was a 64-bit version out in the wild, I knew I found one of the best games of all time. The more I lagged my way through the video game lineage of hand-me-downs, the more I needed to understand the story behind the games. In Pokemon Red and Blue, the main character is defaultly named to the titular names Red and Blue. But the cartoon shows a boy named Ash. Catch him. The comic books are about Red, but there's a second series also for Ash? Younger me smoothed the confusion into the cracks as I enjoyed getting heart pieces and rescuing dragons as a smaller, mouthier purple dragon. But as years went on and I found time to slow down, the questions came creeping back. How does a game shark work if the hardware is magically sealed? 
Why did my grandma constantly tell me that Pokemon would instill the devil in me? Why was the PlayStation multi-tap so dang hard to find? The list goes on and on. Many people, just like you and me, never sweated the curiosities behind the scenes because they have already provided what we want. Fun. What's not so much fun, however, are the tropes and memes of an outside world you're so close to, yet you have no idea what they're even talking about. All your base are belong to us? People will find that the spheres of influence from our childhood memories are in a magnitude of difference both in age and regions of the world. That meme is from Zero Wing, if you're a young gun, by the way, uh, released in 1989 for the arcade, and later for the PC and Sega Genesis. That I say. It's interesting trying to take on something of this caliber, mostly because, besides hundreds of podcasts doing something similar, it's something I tried doing before. In a previous podcast, I teamed up with someone else to do a special break from the normal show to discuss the historical origin of Nintendo. From Hanafuda cards to toy claws and love hotels, the toy company had an amazing origin story that I lovingly doted into. It was, to my somewhat limited knowledge, mind you, the most in-depth podcast discussion of Nintendo pre-console to date. I realized I had fallen in love with the podcast art of extensive research drawn into a podcast episode, like a college-level presentation. Previous shows I worked on, the talk was free-flowing and lacked structure in a meaningful way, and now I can give careful study to my words so they can hold value and meaning in a way that even someone as insecure as myself can accept. I want to make video game history feel alive, just a little bit more, and if it validates the Freudian concept that haunts most of my works, I'll sleep a little better tonight. This will be a 12-episode season where I pour my heart into the little factual tidbits that brought facets of gaming into the world. Concepts, developments, artistic designs, marketing, reception, and the icing in between, such as conflicts, scandals, backroom deals, and compromises that weren't meant to pad the story behind it. Where most people get to see the final product, you, my friend, will get a glimpse to the pixels behind the curtains. And with any luck, it'll be entertaining. Funny. Perhaps maybe surprising. Yeah. I'll even slap a good pun or two for the dads out there just to have a chuckle. But anyone else is welcomed in too. This podcast will be as family-friendly as possible. Uh, I.e. no swearing or compound dirty exposition. <laughs> but I will not shy away from gritty details as they may arise in my work. I will warn you in the beginning of the episode if such a thing arises though. And rest assured... Anything will be for educational purposes only. Additionally, my sources for any research beyond basic material will be listed at the end of the show, as well as in the show notes. As I'm not perfect, or my sources may be fudged with conflicting information, I will do my best to provide both accounts on a subject matter if there's any meat to a second source. The more you know, the better, I think. And since I don't want to make a fool of myself, the information for the worth of the video game industry today that I listed at the very beginning of the episode was from a study by the Xeon Marketing Research and can be found on PRNewsWire.com. Before I lose people to the end of an episode, let me say this. Thank you. You listening to this means you went out of your way to support my efforts, or you took an interest on what's being offered on the table. This entire season will be free to access by all, so the public can quip some random gaming facts to their friends and spouses 
without financial strain, but I do welcome financial donations. As a new house owner and father, my money is stretched thin. So doing something passionate like this kind of costs, uh, you know, a lot of time and money for me. I will share a way for you to donate at the end of the 12th episode, but again, this season is meant to be strictly free. As someone who knows the value of living in poverty, I would be a fool to believe that money is the answer to this show. What you will find is a similar case to episode 2 and 3 when they come out. Mm-hmm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter as 2 times Tyler, all letters, one word. The season is about to begin, so enjoy yourself, have a laugh, and let's see what the first edition of the Arcade Report has to offer.